0: Welcome to the Lockbox Podcast. My name is Jeff Broger. I am your host, and I am here with Mr. Scott Botello. Hey, Scott, thanks for being on.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's an honor.
0: Absolutely. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from?
1: All right. Well, so I'm located... My name is Scott Patello. I've been in this beloved real estate industry for about 20 years. I'm located on the south coast of Massachusetts. I'm about an hour south of Boston in a city called New Bedford for a little history bus. It's the fish and seaport of the capital, of the world. The number one wow. uh, port in the world, year in and year out. You look at we were in there for Herman Melville's Moby Dick, was based out of New Bedford. So that's where I'm at. Like I said, about an hour south of uh, Boston. Everybody knows what Boston is, but we're on the water. It's a cool city. Great little communities around here.
0: That's awesome. And what got you into the real estate industry? That's a funny story. So
1: it wasn't, I didn't get into real estate by design. Let's just say that probably most people okay. don't. I actually, you know, my dad was in law enforcement. He was a captain in the New Bedford Police Department, the city police department. And, uh, you know, I got to that end of high school and I was given two options. Either A, you go to work full time or B, you go to school full time. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, like, I'm not into the whole formal education stuff. You know, right. kind of I'll Jim Rome formal education will get you a job <laughs> Right. Self-education will make you rich. So I, yeah. I hadn't used that stuff at the time, but I just wasn't a good student. Like academics wasn't for me. If I'm interested in something, I'm in 110%. But if I'm not like the English is the side stuff, that's not for me. So I didn't want to go to school. So I actually at 19 years old, you know, I went on his path of uh, civil service and I became a prison god at 19 years old. Wow. So yeah, yeah. What a way to grow up. So I kind of got exposed to a lot of different things uh that probably 19-year-olds shouldn't get exposed to. So I grew up I grew up in prison, really. So during my career there, I realized I don't think I like this. You know, I can't see myself sure. doing this for a long, long for you know, I would have to have done like 36 years to get the full retirement. I'm like, I'll be toast by then. So ironically, I, I sheesh, I was probably I don't know, maybe I've been there for about eight years. I was probably like, "Ah, yeah, about eight years. I got introduced to network marketing. And that's not the game changer here, but part of that whole package was being introduced to personal development. Right. And that entirely changed the whole – that was a game changer for me. That is the single most important thing that's ever happened to me is being exposed to it. I know you're a guy that loves personal development. So when I got introduced You know, I I was lucky enough. I had an opportunity to see Jim Rohn speak live, probably in six different locations across the country. I'm I'm jealous. Yeah. So I became like a student of that. And I realized, you know, you know, know, I'm doing all right. I'm in a middle-class America with a good job, so to speak, good benefits, married, two small kids and doing okay. But that's all I was ever going to do. And being exposed to personal development opened up my eyes. Wait a minute. There's a lot more out here if you're willing to go for it, right? You know, all those things, you know, uh, that I learned, that totally changed, transformed my life. And it really, it's the foundation. I tell everybody to this day, your level of income will rise to your level of personal development. That's my belief. That's what I was taught. And when I look around, that's what I see in the industry. That's what I see in my industry, you know? And I feel wholeheartedly about that. So I got introduced to personal development. And I, you know, I knew I wanted a way out of the prison. You know, I didn't want to stay there sure. forever. Uh, the environment was not me. It certainly was far from positive. It was negative with all the other stuff uh, going with it. And so, you know, my, my ex-father-in-law uh, was a real estate broker. So, you know, I kind of took off in my dad's direction. And then I, I watched my ex-father-in-law and I'm like, wait a minute here. I think I could do this. You know, I've been taught the skills. I think it, this is just a different product. It's all it is. It's a different service, or whatever you want to call it. But I, I feel like I've learned what I need to learn. You know, I've been on that path of personal development for about five, six years. I can do this. You know, if I, when I jumped into real estate, and um, so I said, you know what, I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, if I can talk on a phone and drive. At the time, we weren't even like online, right? right? So we were just starting to make that jump. So I was like, wait a minute, I can do this, and I can do this for a long time. Um, because my, my, I was limited. I had a high school education, you know, school wasn't for me. I didn't want to jump back into school and try to learn something new. And, you know, being exposed to personal development, I, you know, I learned, hey, sales is where the top income level people really are, you know? And so I said, I think I can do this. And like everything I do, you know, I jump in 110% and, um, you know, that very first company was a small independent company. I got started over there with my ex-father-in-law. He was the vice president of the company. And I did really, really well. We're off the bat. The first year I was there, I was the top agent. And I remember the broker saying, you know, we meet every Tuesday for a company meeting. And he's like, can you tell these other people, you know, how do you do what you do? And I'm like, I'll tell you, you want to do this? Get involved with network marketing, right? Plug into personal development. Go to their trainings every single month. Do that for about five or six years. You'll be prepared for this or anything else, you know? And so... I did that for a while. Um, I learned the lead generation game, follow up. You know, you know, my business. What it really looked like at that point, Jeff, was burning and churning. I was on the treadmill, so I was really good at generating leads. I'd follow up like a banshee, close them, and it was just I was doing the same thing over and over again. I had no back end on this thing. I had no referral business. None of that stuff was in place. It was just burning and churning, and my sales were good because I was willing to follow up, you know, I was willing right. to make those multiple phone calls. Back then it's, there was no text, email was around, but it was really phone calls, you know? And I did that for a few years at that small company. And, and I, ironically, I was there, I got my broker's license because the plan was I would have been eligible to retire in 2007 from the prison. The guy that owned that company wanted to sell that company around then. And so I got my broker's license with the intention of buying that company and a few years of doing sales i like i don't want to own a company (laughs) i don't think i want to own i just want to sell houses i want to make as much money to do that as i possibly can while i'm doing it and so i'm still working at the prison full-time i jump over you're gonna hear i'll talk about remax it's it's got nothing to do with that but i jumped over to a remax brand because i thought that was the place to be this was like 2005 and you know that first year there too i'm working full-time at the prison. There wasn't too many part-timings that i knew that remax the model that they had and i became the top agent in that office too still that burning and churning and burning and churning lead generation, just closed them up and um shortly thereafter the broker of the company asked me about my referral business and i was like he's like how's your referral business i'm like well, what's that <laughs> i literally had like my referral business was slim to none at best it just was not good and so he's like, I think a good idea is for you to take a look at some referral coaching, which I did. I jumped into that, and I got kind of like open to a whole another way to do business. And I started focusing, you know, because I had a pretty good book of business at that point, but I had no strategies, nothing in place to go after that referral. Besides good service, and I tell you, don't good service doesn't mean you're gonna get the referral. You gotta stay yeah. in touch with the coach. I mind. The- yeah, that's right. So I started doing. I started really focusing on that. And my referral business began to grow. Exponentially, actually, it grew really, really quick. And then from that point, really up until a few years ago, my business was all by referral. My primary business was, you know, the I can't remember. Probably the last eight, nine years, maybe even ten, has all been, you know, over ninety percent by referral. So I'm cranking along. There's kind of a subplot to the story. As I'm doing this, and I'm doing really well for myself in 2000 as i I was working at the prison i ended up herniating two discs in my low back which required medication i quickly became a part of what's now known as that opioid epidemic so basically from the time i started real estate i had some sort of problem with that Mm. in my life and i was still killing it and you know that was certainly an anchor i didn't realize it at the time And I'm cranking along and every year I'm top agent in my company and doing really, really well. But the internal thing that's happening to me, which nobody knows about, by the way, is really, it's not, it's not well for me. And so in 2011, I decided to reach out for help. And uh, I went down to treatment in Florida for it and I came back and it's, this August will be 10 years uh, sobriety. So, but that, those next handful of years in the middle of that- Seven
0: years in October see, here we
1: go. All right. So you know what I'm talking about. So I come back, you know, I'm married at the time to my high school sweetheart. I got two great kids, private school, all the stuff on the outside looks really good. You know, all the material things in the inside, everything's busted up. But my life just turned for those next, I mean, speaking from experience now, you understand what I'm talking about, you know, battling a, um, trying to recover from an addiction like that is a feat, right? I had two things going on. Not only am I trying to recover from, this, so my life is not in a good shape. And you know, I'm struggling now. I'm really struggling to sell like a house a month. I mean, my life is in shambles and it's like that for about three years. Matt, I'm going through a bit of divorce. I almost don't remember where the hell of those years were at. And everything that I had learned and put in place to get me where I was at that point in time, I couldn't even almost like, couldn't function. I couldn't put it together. You know, I just couldn't, I was struggling in all areas of my life. And then somehow in like 2015, man, I started to come out of it. And I remember I flew down. I'm like, all right, you know, and this is where that personal development stuff comes in. You know, like they say, you can take away everything from the person, but you can't take away those skills. Right. I have these guys right, millions of dollars and they earn it right back because they know how to do it. Right. And that's the way it worked. And so I had those things inside of me. I'm like, so I started crawling out of that thing and, um, I started rocking and rolling like 2015. I uh, jumped on a plane. I went down to Dallas, Texas for, for a seminar on marketing. And it was crazy. It was, it was like a $5,000 trip, which I probably didn't have the money at the time to do it. I literally like flew in on like a Wednesday night at like midnight. The training started at like seven o'clock in the morning on Thursday. It went to like eight o'clock at night. Then you went and got something to eat, go back to the hotel, do it again Friday morning. I was on, back on a plane. It's like people said how was dallas i'm like i don't know i never saw it right it, it was like in and out but why was there you know i le- it was like a consultant fee because i'm sitting in the room and i'm like i kept talking about hey make a decision trust the marketing go for it and i'm like i have to do a business plan to get there you know the year before that my entire business was 100 percent by referral repeat word of mouth business i'm like what the hell am i doing right i'm going back i've made a decision i'm going back i'm going to put into play what i got me here in the first place I came back, dude, so I didn't even follow up with what I was, what I went down there for. I, I look at it as a consultant fee. I came back, that next year I was the number one REMAX agent in all of Massachusetts. 17, we were killing it. 18, I was number three. By that point in time, my new wife, which we weren't married at the time, she's got her doctorate in education, very successful, owned her own house, really good income, got all the stuff in place. And uh, she's watching me. And she hates her job. She's stressed out. She's in a high pressure job.
0: I see a real estate partnership coming. Oh my God. Right. So my
1: whole, like, I have no intentions of building a team, opening up a company. I'm just rocking and rolling, dude. And I'm looking at, and i am tell you what, it's all word of mouth, repeat referral business, right? It's all fun. And so she's watching me. She's like, you know what? Like I watch you, you get up when you're done sleeping, you go to the gym, you do your thing. Like you love what you do. You always have a smile on your face. Like. I think I want to do that. So, of course, I was like, okay, let's get your license. And so she got her license. So, of course, I wasn't going to have her work for somebody else. I kind of started the team. I started the team, and that was like in 2018 or someplace. It wasn't officially a team at that point. She was kind of like just working with me. In 2019, I really formed the team with a few agents, and we became the number three team in all of Massachusetts for REMAX. And the crazy part is, is before that, I had gone to vegas when i got these guys going nice I, I joined boomtown and while i was down in boomtown you know i have all the different coaches available i've had coaches on and off throughout the 20 years different coaches uh right and so i'm down there and i get exposed to Viral workman i don't know if you know who he is the Workman success systems and i hear him talking i don't do anything about it but i really liked his style and his numbers that he was talking and all that good stuff and so uh the next year, so 2019, in the begin January, I fly out to Vegas for the Remax convention, and uh, I go to a side a breakout room, and the topic was how to go from platinum, which is where I was at in Remax, right, to how to go from 500 grand to over a million dollars in gross commissions, right. So I'm like, that's the class for me. That's exactly what I want to do. I jumped in there. I ended up hiring that that coach. Just in that in 2019, I broke my first million, and then we did it again last year. And, Last year, so the last couple of years have been really good doing, I don't know, 140-ish transactions, you know, went from 40-something million, close to 50 last year. And then I decided, hey, I think it's time to open up a company. And that's what I did back in this past November. So I right. went from that's not- That's about the on time
0: with... that, that we, yeah, we-
1: Yeah, and that's yes. it. So that's where I'm at today.
0: There you sure. go. So from that's prison 40. guard and slip disc to mm-hmm. top real estate- agent with the team and now broker, that's uh, quite the story. And I know that a lot of brokers out there that might be listening, they'll be about at that level of over a million, some will be under it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a million net, that's an amazing life. So, Mm -hmm. you know, congratulations on that success. And I wanna really dive into different aspects of it regarding the actions that you took, because the, the purpose of this podcast is to provide real estate professionals with action items for success Mm -hmm. from all the personal Mm -hmm. development that I've done. And I'm sure that you'll agree with me. Whatever you put into your mind doesn't mean anything unless you take action on it. And as a, as a sales representative, taking consistent actions over time, right? Consistency, so key, and then actually taking action. That's the compound effect, right? So you Mm -hmm. build that momentum and that's where everything. So my goal is to provide real estate professionals out there with a nugget or two actual Mm -hmm. actions that you take every day. And, so that's the next question. You know what? What's the single most important action that you take every day that has attributed most to your success?
1: So I'm a task guy. So I've always been like this. I use a, and I'm old school. I mean, I'm going to throw these names out. I still use Top Producer as my contact manager. System.
0: I know, I, I integrated with it for you.
1: Right. So, but the bottom, seriously. So the bottom line is this, because, you know, what you just said, it needs to be like, I try to hammer this home with people. Like I love to work out, right? That's a big right. part of my life. It has for a long, long, long time since I was a young kid. And I tell people, you could read every book about nutrition, every book about exercise, what order to do it, how to do this. But if you never pick up the weights or you never step foot in the gym, you get zero results. You gotta do the action. So I think that's what's really really helped me to kind of do well in real estate is the fact that I'm action oriented. So the biggest thing that I do, I live out of my contact manager, right? So every past client goes into a 20 year follow up plan for me. 20 years. 20 years, the first 10 are going to be made up of calls, emails, handwritten notes, anniversary cards, birthday, all that stuff, right? That happens for the first 10 years. And if they're still there, the next 10 years, I got to, it's a little bit less. I have like the anniversary cards, the home buying anniversary cards, a couple of calls per year, blah, blah, blah. Because most of the people don't make it to that any point anyway. But I have that for the few that do. Um, so everybody, whether like I said, whether it's a past client, they go in there, they get assigned a plan. So I always know when I'm gonna to talk to the person next. They may not know, but I know, right? Mm. And all I do is execute those tasks. I look at, I wake up, I open up my thing, send handwritten note to Mary Smith. I just have to execute that. I don't have to remember the wow. stuff. You know, the emails are automatic. Uh, I gotta execute the calls, the cards, things like that. And same thing with prospect. Whether I have a buyer or a seller prospect, every single one of them goes into an action plan. And I just execute the points on the action plan. The contact manager tells me what to do. So the funniest thing is, I tell people all the time: there's nothing I do that nobody else can do. They just don't do it. You know, hmm. I still talk to people that have been in the business 15 years. They don't have a contact manager. System. I'm like, how do you keep track of people? I totally <laughs> blows my mind. It really does. Right. But I mean, that would probably, if I had to have only one thing, you know, it'd be my phone and my contact manager, and then the rest, you know, would be bonuses.
0: Oh, I Instant. love that having that that 20 year plan. It's almost like a Japanese businessman having a hundred year business plan, right? It, it, when uh, it, the average business in the U.S. doesn't even have like a quarterly plan for the next quarter, <laughs> right, look, so.
1: You look like a genius. I'm telling you like, it was like, how do you remember all the anniversary? How do, I don't, Yeah. I a task. it's gonna tell me, hey, it's their one year home anniversary, right? So I'm gonna send out the card, they're gonna get the email, they're yeah. gonna get a phone call from me, right? I don't have to remember that, I just gotta execute it, you know, so. Right.
0: And that's, that's using that. technology to make you look good and to you know automate some things, but then remind you of others. So when it comes to my company, Steezy Digital, mm-hmm. you know you joined yep. a couple months ago. You already had Boomtown and some other stuff going on. But how would you describe what I've been able to help you with?
1: So a couple of things, right? Prior to that, so I started using lead generation prime. If it was just Scott Patel in my own personal business. I would just him i love i would spend money in my database that's it i wouldn't have it to, i really would i'd be very very limited what i would do right but understand and i have a team and a company that i'm building i want to provide i'm teaching these guys how to build referral business but i'm also giving them many many at bats and so i have lead generation systems to do that i think one of the things as we talked in the very first time we talked i mean for me i'm 53 <laughs> right so i'm not hip with all the technology stuff but i also understand social media is a huge thing and i was missing it Yep. so we'll be able to come for a a couple of things you can number one i'm a numbers guy right we talked about that so we can scale yep that's what i like about it but i think you know having you guys handle that stuff for me it's a weight off my shoulders i don't want to do it right i don't have to do it i still get the results from it you know so i can see as I just told you, I mean, to be fair, we started out with a buyer campaign, right? So we, we yep. let that, re- we already have tons of buyers that were and we switched over to the seller thing. We've already been in one house. We're just getting ready to list that, but we got a lot of people in pipeline. That's all I'm looking for. Cause now these guys right. have in their pipeline and they can do their follow-up like I taught them, you know what I mean? So, but you guys, you know, having that Attack on social media that I don't have to learn how to do it. That's huge for a guy like me, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know that is the exact need that I saw years ago. I, I noticed that there were a lot of real estate brokers out there that were in their fifties. They're amazing at real estate. They've been doing this twenty-five years, but they really struggled mm-hmm. with all the digital stuff. And that's yeah. the exact pain point I could help alleviate. So, yeah, that and, you that, thank and you, you do
1: you. I, I like what I love about it too is like you know the reality is we're looking for a return on investment. I think we get a lot more at bats at a reasonable. Cost per lead than you would in some other sources, exactly. You know, so that's all I yeah, feel about
0: that. when you get 10 leads for $200 rather than one lead. <laughs> yeah, great. Right, I'm yeah. right?
1: a right? I averages, I want as many as I can to pump those numbers through, figure out what the numbers are, yeah. and then we can scale from it. That's how I see expansion and is, is scaling from what we have going,
0: you know? Yeah, absolutely, and with that in mind. Where do you think the industry is heading? You know, what are your five, 10-year projections? And then what are you doing right now to set yourself up for future success?
1: So I don't know five or 10 years. <laughs> I don't know, uh, hopefully. You know, I don't, I don't think relationships are ever going to disappear. At least I hope they don't, you know, uh, where yep. technology to totally replace us. Could it? I think anything's possible. I think part of what I've done and what I hope I've done mm-hmm. is worked on building relationships over a long period of time that'll continue to carry me into the future but in terms of what i'm doing personally you know i got some good stuff in place some good lead sources and it's about understanding the numbers and then saying hey i have a small company i got 10 agents and myself and an admin right and i'm able to provide these guys value and if i want to grow all i got to do is say okay this is what we spend here this creates this this turns over to this so i want to bring somebody else on Or two or three people, we just ratchet it up a smidgen to match what we currently have going. So the scalability in what I'm doing, I think, is the most important. So right now, I'm not afraid to try new things, but I know it works. We keep doing those. We throw something new in the mix. If it works, we keep that. And then now we can just scale with that as we want to grow. But right now, with a new company, i got a lot of new agents. I want these guys to be real rock solid on what they're doing before I even think about expanding more people. Because that takes time, too. You know, we're comfortable where we're at in terms of right now, and then we'll go from there, you know?
0: So systems and scaling. Systems. Yeah, having the systems in place. And I tend to agree with you. Obviously, we're not writing things down on paper anymore and, you know, making phone calls, doing everything in person, especially in the digital age, which was fast-tracked by COVID-19. Now, Zoom appointments are much more common. The consumers mm. are accepting that much more. You could do a FaceTime open house, like there's so many new things out there. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, relationships are the biggest mm. key. And yeah. you know that's what I hope that my marketing and technology tees up is that qualified sales conversation between you and a prospect. Because from there, like I mentioned, you got the communication skills, the phone skills, everything to take it to that next level, put them in your database, follow up, develop the relationship. But having that digital footprint is so important. So, yeah, I'm a firm believer in that.
1: With Every new person that comes in, we just I always think that's just an addition to my sphere of influence. And the average person, I think they say, knows at least 200 people because that's who will come to you at your funeral, right? So, <laughs> you know, I bring in a new person that I didn't know. That expands my sphere by 200 people. I just take care of them, give them the best service. And like I said, that follow-up stuff after them, that's magical. I got you know, text and, and emails and calls to just support that over the years, you know, people, how can you not love that? Right. You know, people love to be thanked and appreciated. I don't care. Like I like to be thanked and appreciated. Why wouldn't somebody else, you know? And it blows my mind that people in sales, especially don't haven't figured that piece out, you know, but then again, I was at that point where I was just looking for the next one. You know what I mean? Instead of realizing the pot of gold is right here.
0: You've already done the hard work, right? You've
1: already done the hard work.
0: Right. Yeah. So, what do you do for your clients that nobody else does in the industry that you know of?
1: I don't know if nobody does it. I, I just think, you know, going back to, I have that set way of doing things, you know, prior to COVID, one of the things we always did is we always did each individual sale, we would do a client appreciation party right there on the spot. That's kind of gone by the wayside. You know, yeah. I don't. I, we'll bring that back. That worked really, really well for us. I love that because most of my business is by referral. And it allows you to get to their direct sphere quickly because it's not like being at a house that you just closed on and you know, the homeowners, but you really don't know everybody else. And so they're going to introduce you to everybody else. And it's like, That's Hey, right. this is my real estate, he was the greatest guy in the world. I go Oh, my mortgage broker, this is the mortgage guy. He got me a mortgage. And I've gotten so much business from that. And it's awesome to just see anyway. So that was one of the things that we love to do. And I'll bring that back as soon as we can. We still offer it, but nobody's taking us up on it. But I think that consistent here it goes right back to what you talked about in the beginning consistency over a long period of time and so i've gotten so much business and the people have told me you know i can't believe like every year on my house anniversary here comes a card and a box of brownies right so those touches throughout the year that that plan lays out for me that i just execute i don't think i do any i just do it i think is the main thing And, you know, giving me, I call you a couple of times. Every one of my clients becomes like family. We have that relationship. And so calling them up is we can have a good conversation about the kids, job, whatever the case may be, you know, but I think I just, it's made up of, you know, there's a lot of gifts that I do. You know, I'm one, if I see something I'm big on, I think everybody posts stuff on social media now. They tell you when they let you know when things are good and they let you know when things are bad. Right. And so what I do is I have a tool that I use that allows me to do that. And I tell everybody, I don't do this. You got to get your mind right around this. One of the best books I've ever read is The Power of the Human Connection by Cody Bateman. Mm. And he talks about, listen, if you do these type of things to get business, you will get no business. If you do these type of things because it's the right thing to do, it just comes to you. You know, and I, I don't know what it is. That's been my experience. Like, and so when I see You know, somebody, one of my clients, their dog passes away. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm sending them a card, a sympathy card with a picture of their dog that they posted on Facebook, right? With a Mm -hmm. sympathy message in there. And that's it. Everything I send out, by the way, nothing says Scott Patello, realtor, you know, home and key real estate. My phone number's not in there. They know who I am. Right. uh, There's another good book that I read and I'm trying to think what the heck it is. That's what really got me to think to remove all this stuff, but that'll come to me. Maybe. I don't know. I'm an old man. So, you know, I do those type of things. My clients have a, a baby. This gets so much response. So I send them the family a card, right? Congratulations on the, you know, the newest addition, you know, Jim Smith to the, to the family. I'm glad everybody's well with a picture of the baby, a picture of the family. And I send a blue giraffe, if it's a baby boy, a pink giraffe, if it's a baby girl. But then I also take it one step further, all the brothers and sisters, I send them. So if they have two older brothers, I send each one of the older brothers a congratulations card. You're going to be a great big brother. I see you doing big things. Help your parents out. And I send them like some birth- uh, some celebration brownies, right? Stuff like that goes, you know, it's crazy. The message I get back, it's like, these people take a bullet for you, you know? And again, the intention, right. the intention is not, hey, I don't have any expectations. I'm not sending you to get something back. I'm sending you because it's the right thing to do. Congratulations to you, you know? Right. And as a result of that, I mean, I got so much mileage this this past year from COVID. I was sending out cards, and it said, keep, when we couldn't get toilet paper, it was like, keep this card in case you need it for toilet paper, right? And uh, that was on the front cover, and I was sending it out to all the people on the front line, correction officers, firefighters, uh, nurses, anybody who was in those type of fields, just thanking them for doing what they do. We really appreciate you being on the front line. I tell you what, I closed at least three pieces of business recently, you know, probably to the tune of, like, I don't know, 25, $30,000. Cause I sent out a card and just said, thank you. You know, we really right. appreciate you getting on the front line. So those are the things I get passionate about this stuff. I get fired up if you can't tell. So I don't know if it's anything like super crazy. I think it's consistent and it's, it's like clockwork, you know, every birthday, every anniversary, every wedding anniversary, you know, two or three times a year, they get in the calls, all that stuff packaged together. I think that's what, what's the, what's the difference. Maker.
0: Yeah. That makes total sense. And I'm curious because there are so many things out there. I mean, Mm -hmm. real estate agents and brokers are so sold to. You're probably saying no all the time to some stuff. So do you have any type of process to say no to something, to evaluate how to say no? Because focus is critical, right? So you said you meant you're willing to try some things, but at the same time, you got to be either willing to like either shut something off or say no to certain opportunities in order to really scale your number one plan, a thing mm-hmm. to, to the desired level that you want to get it to. So do you have a process for that for saying no? I,
1: I think for me, like, no. So that's a very important thing to learn how to say no. Cause you waste a lot of time. Right. On, I just had some young kid who just got his mortgage license and, call me up and let's get together for a meet. And I'm like, Hey, it's only 10 minutes and there's no pressure. So listen, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I'm a busy guy guy. Like I don't, if I have an extra 10 minutes I want to spend it with my wife, <laughs> no offense. Right? So I don't want to waste your time. I can always make more money but I can't get back more time. Right? So, and right. he loved that. And he was like, you know what? I, I respect that. But no, I think for me, I have to be open to it. Like I'm almost thinking of it, you know before we connected, you know I knew this was a problem. You know, our first call is like, let's go, like, here's my problem. You have a solution. Let's go. So I get hammered all the time with different things, you know, maybe some stuff is good and I turn it down. It's just the way it is. Because for me, I would rather be good at a few things and just do these things over and over and over again, than have a whole bunch of stuff that I'm all confused. I can't do it. You know, I believe like even with leads, I think sometimes too many leads are no good. (laughs) Right. Because then you can't properly follow up with them. Seriously. And it's counterproductive. You feel like overwhelmed. Like I can't follow up with these right. people. So you fall with nobody. And, you know, those are some of the dangers.
0: So I don't know. That brings me to a great next question. I'm glad you said the word overwhelmed because yeah. being a real estate professional, all of a sudden when you get your license, you have to wear 15 hats now. You, you don't didn't realize that you're now a small business owner. And if you're doing a team, you got to do HR and you got to do marketing, got to do lead generation, got to do all these things, right? You're not just out yeah. there meeting with people selling houses all day, yeah. although that's the intention. And everyone wants to get to that point. Yeah. Oh, and then eventually, obviously, remove themselves entirely and have their team do that. But when you're overwhelmed mm-hmm. or unfocused, do you yeah. have any questions you ask yourself to get back on track?
1: No, so I, you know, this kind of goes back to my recovery man. I step back and I realize I'm not in control here. <laughs> so you know, sometimes you know, I need to step back and remember the serenity prayer. if I can control it, if I can make changes, I'll make change. if I can't, I'm willing to let it go. So sometimes I have to ask myself these things in a quiet moment. You know, I try to do different things to stop that from happening. You know, again, I'm very systematic, very routine in my life too. So I start every day. You know, almost on the Hal Elrod Mir- miracle morning stuff, you know, I get up, I pray, I meditate, I read some uh, recovery stuff, I read some spiritual stuff, and I read some business stuff. And it's just I try to tell people on that too. You don't have to read a thousand pages, but if you read I, I'm matter of fact, I'm reading the book you gave me right now and loving it, right? It's the first chance I've had to start it. And awesome book. You know, awesome. but that comp- compound effect is probably my favorite book. And so I could see where this is going with the slight edge, it seems a lot of the same stuff, but Like you just do a little bit of it consistently over that period of time, you'd be like amazed. So I start my day off like that. You know, I work out. So I try to blow off some steam. So, hey, do I get overwhelmed like everybody else? Yeah, I do. But I I think at those points, I try to put some stuff in place to not get overwhelmed. But when I do, I have to step back, man. And I I kind of revert to to what I learned in recovery and say, all right, what am I so stressed? I'm usually what I found my experience, we get most stressed and overwhelmed about. Things that we have no control mm-hmm. over. And so once I understand, I'm like, the reason why I'm so stressed is I have no control over this. I got to let that go. You know, that's not my job. That's the lender's job. You know, back in the day, I used to take all that responsibility on myself. What's the mortgage guy doing? The appraisal is bad. There's a home inspection. Hey, wait a minute. Right. That's not nearly killed me. You know, it nearly killed me. So now if I have control over it, I can do something about it. I do it. If I don't, I got to let it go. And it's not always easy. You know, it's not always easy.
0: But yeah, that makes total sense. And just knowing being clear about what you can and cannot control then taking action on what you can control such so, so critical do you hear any uh bad recommendations given to real estate professionals
1: i hear all kinds of bad <laughs> i see Here's all your time ca- to share yeah i don't know, like you know i i worry about me you know i worry about me i worry about my team but i see a lot of stuff out there that just doesn't make sense i think some of the biggest you know when i got in the business one of the best piece of advice i got from my ex-father-in-law was remember this the most valuable people in your sphere are going to be other real estate agents don't ever forget that like these people can mm-hmm. make a right don't choose a commission you know be ethical in other words because you know you can make a commission and burn somebody and guess what's going to happen you'll never do business with that person again i'm in this for the long term i'd rather give up that sale And do it the right way and have those relationships intact but some i don't know like i see people jump into a bunch of stuff i don't care what it is jeff there needs to be a system to it so if you're going to do you know expired listings and you think you're going to go knock on the door this is the worst thing that can happen to you knock on the door the person lets you in you list the house because that's not how it works Right. So you think that's how it works. So you, you, you that's all you ever do is that one knock and you never get anywhere and you get frustrated, blah blah blah. There has to be a system to it, you know. Um so I think some of the bad I see people like don't jump into it like that. Oh, they'll do, you know, let's mailings. You know, you want to do mailings, you better be doing five, ten thousand a month of the same thing for a while before you expect any results. You send out a small fraction of that piece one time, just go over to the trash can.
0: And you don't and get rich.
1: It, and, <laughs> and throw it in <laughs> Yeah. Because it's not going to work. And Again, right. the worst thing that could happen to you, I hate to say it, the worst thing that could happen is one person responds and you think that's how it works, you know? So I think I wish sometimes it would tighten the reins. I'm speaking from Massachusetts in terms of, you know, what it takes to get your license and, more importantly, mm. to hold it. You know, I think, um, you know, if they may not do five grand every year, <laughs> we wouldn't have 30,000 agents in the state. Every Tom, Dick, and right. Harry just from the hip, you know? So, yeah. but... Again, you know, even in a – I was in a really high-producing REMAX office, and there was a lot of good teams in there, producing teams, and I would have no idea what, you know, this guy's doing or this girl's doing. I don't. I go into the corner office. This is what I do. You know what I mean? What they choose to do is up to them. Getting saddled down with any of the information is not going to help me, you know. I don't want to get distracted because that's what's going to happen. You can get distracted because this sounds good. I think every – System, every lead generation system works to a degree, some better than others. But what I see from past experiences, you know, agents will go out and they start this plan, whatever it's going to be. I'm going to do Boomtown. And, you know, it's like planting a garden. They go plant the garden and then they go look two days later. There's no vegetables. How come it's not there? Right? This doesn't work. Boomtown doesn't work. And they dig up the garden and then they plant the new garden. And that's the Zillow garden, right? And they're in that three days and they don't have anything from that. And they're like, this doesn't work and they never give this the time for the garden to produce the that takes water and a nurturing and you know the sun and the rain for a period of time before that stuff yields results and i think people want everything yesterday so they don't allow that to unfold and they're jumping from system to system to system to website to you name it i've had the same stuff literally we've added some technology stuff you know don't get me wrong but the same concepts that I did 20 years ago, I'm doing today. Sometimes we just use technology to to tweak it, you know, hit more people maybe, but process is still the same. Lead comes in, contact manager, send them a card, add them to an e-alert, add them to a a follow-up plan, execute those plans, close them, put them in the after sale program. It's a system, you know?
0: Yep, no, that makes total sense. And what you said about the garden is so Mm. key. I had to shoot multiple videos to set expectations after clients joined. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you watched a couple of those saying, look, this is a process, right? We're going to Mm -hmm. help generate leads for you. We're gonna help follow up. And it's going to take a certain degree of months before the leads that are generated today close and then once the cycle is rolling you you know you have say like a six month (laughs) hopper right you have a six month pipeline and then now like the people that you contacted got in touch with six months ago already or 12 months ago already but you're just filling the top of the funnel filling the top of the funnel because i would post case studies which you want to post the best case studies right and and so you know i launch a client and she gets a double enlisting day one right amazing but that's not every client right so Nobody, i had uh, to I had to set that expectation i think it's so important that you set the expectation for others if even if they don't use my services if they go out and use any lead generation service what one of my other clients says is if you're not going to give it a, a shot for a year don't do it yeah, like that re- that's that's his philosophy
1: yeah and that's a good philosophy i think you got to don't even you can't even blink at 6 months that's nothing but i remember when i got involved with boontown and uh, the coach at the time they said listen you need 19 months to see what you're true and what your act because by then that pipeline's full. We've got it broken down. And that's going to tell you after that, you're going to see what you're really going to get. And we've done extremely well with that. And again, that's no better than commissions inc or one of the other ones, conversion. It's just picking one and then doing it
0: and jumping all yeah. and trust, doing trust it. The process. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm curious. Yes. What is one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made? This could be something big or it could be something small
1: be honest with you, right off the bat, the worst, most best investment I ever made was an admin. That's mm. the truth. That's the truth. You know, I was such a control freak. I want to do everything myself. And, uh, you know, that's what would immediately come to my head. I've it's spent now. a lot of money. I, you know, an yeah. admin, anyone coaching has been great investments for me, but I right off what's the most
0: top, applicable to real estate is the admin though, because that was the advice that You know, my broker who's, you know, I I just got my license. I said, Mm -hmm. what should I do year one? He said, well, I would get an admin, a personal assistant, not a transaction coordinator company, Mm -hmm. but actually an assistant who's going to help you with everything. Wash your car, go, you know, check your emails. Like you need someone to just handle all that because you need Mm -hmm. to be focusing on listings, lead generation, like the income producing activities. If you would ask,
1: she'll tell you, I don't fix a thing around the house. Right. Yeah. I don't got grass. I don't cook. Right? I have all my meals. I get up, I go to the gym and I come sell houses. Right. Because I would rather pay people. You know, I learned a long time ago that was a Jim Rohn thing. Right. Why are you doing minimum wage jobs when mm. you're worth X amount of dollars? You're better served making money and paying people to do those. other. Now, I, I know it, it's tough because sometimes you're in that position, like you feel like you can't. You know, but I I was listening to a podcast from Tom Ferry recently. He's like, if you don't have a personal assistant, guess what? You are the personal assistant. (laughs) So I'm going to be honest with you. So the year I didn't hire an admin, I want to say to like 2018, that 2016, I did all those transactions by myself. No admin, no showing agent, just me, myself, and Irene. And it's fine. I look back, I'm like, whoa. I mean, I did everything from ordering, putting the sign in, final water reading, smoke detector certificates, coordinating with the attorneys, getting mortgage payoff, you name it. Running the, basically, showing agent, listing agent, transaction coordinator. Um, So, you know, that was probably the biggest, best move that I did. And, you know, letting go, and still sometimes I have a hard time. I still like to oversee what I got going on. You know, I'll have a pipeline meeting with my admin at least two times a week. over all the transactions. I still like to know, so I don't fully Definitely. just close my eyes. You know, because we're talking contracts and people's money is at yeah. risk. So. you want to
0: you keep your hand, your finger yeah. on the pulse. So, do you yeah. have any type of method for outsourcing? For example, I've heard if somebody can do that job eighty percent as good as you, then mm-hmm. you should outsource it. Right. Do you have any type of like method for that? Because even though it's hard for everyone to start outsourcing and handing things over, you seem to have been able to over time successfully Mm -hmm. do that with different parts of your business. Now you have 10 agents, you have an admin, you have things taken care of for you. So you have break it through that barrier. You know, do you have any process for that?
1: Like now, so the only thing I really outsource is coordinating smoke detector certificates for my seller clients. I have a third party company that does it for me. That's one of the things I used to do. I go, you know, meet the fire department, and install the stuff because I'm not gonna have, you know, seventy six year old Mary get up on a on a stepladder and do it. So it's kind of part of the service that I would do over time and I realized, wait a minute, you know. So what I try to do is remove myself, I remove myself from some of the simple things, like, you know, I used to be worried about going and let the appraiser in. I'm not worried about that anymore. It's Mr. Seller. you going to be home Thursday at three o'clock. Yeah. Or can you be home Thursday at three o'clock? The appraiser, his name is, you know, Mark Smith. He's going to show up. You just need to get him in the house. He's going to take some pictures. I don't even want one of my people doing that, you know? So the water rings, those things I used to run and go do all that stuff, but outsourcing the only thing I outsource right now is, um, well, I mean, I outsource marketing, right? People like, I don't really do any of the marketing stuff that I do. It's all third-party vendors. So we're just fielding leads and plugging them in and putting them through our system, you know, our follow-up system. But no, my admin does a lot of the the stuff that I used to do.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. And it seems like once it gets to a point where it's taking away from your highest income producing activities, that's when you notice that friction and you're like, hey, something's got to change. I got to put someone in place for this. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, this has been an awesome interview. Thank you so much. And I do have a last question. Is there something I should have asked you or anything from earlier that you'd like to expand upon?
1: I don't think so, man. We gave it a whirl. Uh, I'm an open book. I'm sure my stuff, anybody wants to reach out to me, they certainly can. I'll be willing to talk to anybody.
0: Yeah. And uh, how can listeners contact you? Well, easy. You can call me on my cell phone at 508
1: 789 8529. You're probably going to post up my uh, social media pages. You can reach on social media. I'd love anybody that's listening. If they want to friend me at home and key real estate on Facebook and Instagram and kind of go from there, but I'm here. Like um, anybody wants to chat, I'll talk to anybody. You know, one of the things I learned too, it's like, I've done so many presentations for other offices. People like you do that. I'm like, I got a way I listen, helping people comes back to me every time just does service, man. The more I give away, the more it keeps coming back to me because I feel like this you're not going to be able to take my business, you know, that's my right. business, my business, I'll show you what I did. You can try, you, you know, you can do it, but you ain't going to take my clients. So I'm not worried about it.
0: You know, that that's abundance key. mindset is so key. Having that abundance mindset, sharing your secrets, helping other teams, because like you said, it's always come back to you. Number one. And number mm-hmm. two, that underlying confidence, like, no, nah, I take care of my clients. they take a bullet from me. Like you're not going to take them. So
1: oh, yeah, okay. that's right. Cause you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, that's all and I truly feel like I, I work with a couple of different buddies of mine own real estate companies. We brainstorm all the time. Right. You know, one of the closing attorneys like, man, I can't believe you guys share that much. I'm like, he can't take my business, I can't take his. We share ideas to expand our own personal business. Not for me to go steal his clients, you know. So right,
0: absolutely. Well, Scott Patel, everyone, home and key real estate out there in Massachusetts, thank you so much. And this uh, show is definitely going to help some people out there. So I appreciate you.